you're meant to to be a creator like you're meant to create versus to be accepted by others like that's something that I was just so conflicted about when I was young and um, I really came into my own when I became an aerialist and started making my own work and it doesn't mean that I feel like everyone should make their own work that I want to but just to kind of take control of your career and and your and ownership of your life don't wait to be given this role or, or that role like that's how I feel about myself when I was young like I really was just kind of wanting this approval and I see now that my happiness and success has really come from like my own creations and whether that's in acts or businesses like ventures like it's been really like self-driven so just kind of telling myself that I have what it takes inside of me to be happy and successful in this career. Being a circus boss is all about being confident on and off stage. It's about you living more of those powerful moments when time stands still and your audience is captivated and connected and everything feels right in the world. Welcome to the Circus Boss Podcast. This is the space where we talk about all things business and marketing related to circus so you can make those big dreams happen. We're your co-hosts, Brock and Eileen, and we help circus performers and producers manage your business with ease so you can spend more time on the flying trapeze. So if you're a circus boss that's ready for more, hit subscribe and join us every week. Your audience awaits. In today's episode, our guest is Rachel Bowman, who is one half of the world-renowned duo Womack and Bowman. I've known Rachel for about 15 years now, and it was great to talk about being your own boss, and she shared tips on how to manage being a business owner and a performer and a mama. And also, we talked about some insights gained during the pandemic. And for our dedicated fans that tune in every week, thank you for being here. And thanks again to Circus Talk for helping distribute our podcast. And you'll notice that Brock is missing from this episode. She is out with a little cold. I actually had it earlier this week as well, but I've recovered enough to use my voice and Brock has not. And just in case you're wondering, yes, we've both been vaccinated. And yes, we went and got tested for COVID again, just in case. And the results were negative, but it feels weird to have a cold after not being sick for over a year. It definitely was a little panic moment. But anyway, now that I've shared probably way too much information, let's get to today's episode. Our guest today, Rachel Bowman, began her career as a ballet dancer in Australia. She trained as an aerialist at the National Institute of Circus Arts in Melbourne and has traveled the world as a dancer and aerialist performing in Europe, China, Japan, and the USA. Rachel has performed her own choreography as a solo artist for Cirque du Soleil and Disney Japan, and for special events for Michael Jackson and Elizabeth Taylor. She joined forces with Brett Womack in 2013, and together they created and performed numerous duo acts and founded the studio Womack and Bowman The Loft in LA, as well as created the online certification program Master the Silks, and the membership site, Silk Stars. I invited Rachel on today's podcast because I love her entrepreneurial spirit and seeing all of the businesses that she's created. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my interview with Rachel Bowman.
welcome, welcome, Rachel Bowman. We're so excited to have you here on the Circus Boss podcast today. And thank you. Thanks for having me. You just shared with us before we started hitting record that this is actually your birthday. So we're recording this on your birthday. I feel honored that you're spending some time with us. It is. Thank you. It's uh, yep. It's a big day, but that's great. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Before we started, I shared your official bio in our introduction, but I'd love to hear in your own words, what you do, who you do it for and why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, I am, I like to think of myself as an aerial entrepreneur and educator. So kind of like a combination of, of the two. I, I started out my career as a ballet dancer, ballet and contemporary dancer, and moved into aerial uh, in my sort of late teens, early 20s, and found my way from Australia over here to the US. And yeah, now I primarily work with my business partner, Brett Womack, and we have our company, Womack and Bowman. And we have an aerial studio here in LA, and we also have a suite of online programs as well, Master the Silks and Silk Stars. So that's kind of what I'm up to lately. I also, I still perform. It's been a little challenging, obviously, during the pandemic, but I still do some shows here and there and, and gigs. But primarily I've moved into the more of the business side and through the online programs and our brick and mortar studio. Yeah. So you're doing a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, I love seeing the the ecosystem that you've built around being a performing artist, you know, so it's, it's multiple streams of income and also multiple forms of expression. And I appreciate that. And you and I met years ago at the Aerial Dance Festival in Boulder. Yes. Uh-huh. And I was trying to think back, I think it was like 2006 or 2007. Does that sound right? Yeah, I was trying to think back too. I think that is right. It's when I first came out to the US. So yeah, a long time ago. So long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also pre pandemic. And that just feels like another lifetime at it this sure point. It does. Yep. Yep. That's for um, sure. And, and as I was thinking about this, like I was obviously a really different person and had different goals and dreams in my life at that point in time. But I was wondering, do you remember what your dreams and ambitions were at that point in your career? Yeah, I I was very much, uh, I was a pretty new aerialist. So I was sort of transitioning from that dancer place into the aerial world. And I definitely, I remember my dreams being pretty simple when I look back at them now. Like I really just wanted to make a living as an aerialist, like as an aerial performer. Like that was my primary goal in my life. And I was mm-hmm. really determined and, and um yeah, and I and I ended up, you know, being fortunate enough to like achieve that goal. So I look back on who I was then and I'm just kind of like, wow, like I think my dreams have obviously evolved since then, but that was very much my goal. Like I really wanted to transition from dance, which I just kind of struggled with. There was just so many of us, so many dancers, mm-hmm. and there still is, but and at the time Ariel was pretty new. So I really was lucky to be at that forefront of that sort of the wave at the time. But um, yeah, I really just wanted that for for my life. Oh, that's awesome. And I also made that transition from dancer to aerialist. Uh-huh. And what I found was it's a more marketable skill. Mm. If you're moving into the realm of providing it as a service, there's a higher wow factor. You know, I know that word gets so overused. So yeah. what we were just talking about, that was like 14 or 15 years ago, if yes. I've done my math right. So what would you say are some of your favorite highlights of what you've been up to since then? Yeah, so in the last 15 years, I would say there's been a lot of highlights and, and I've been 
really, really lucky and so fortunate to be able to have lived this dream. I would say a couple of the highlights were, uh, I think I was around 26. So I was a few years in at that time, I was able to perform like a solo act that I choreographed for Michael Jackson at the time, mm. which was amazing. You know, it was kind of one of those LA moments, I guess, to being in this town, the kind of jobs that come up are oftentimes for celebrities or this kind of thing. But it was, yeah, it was at his house and it was for his daughter's birthday party. And it was just a really kind of surreal moment where I was like, okay, this is like a highlight right here. Like I feel like I couldn't really get much further in the sense of, I don't know, just feeling like it was my own choreography, my own work. Like I felt so Mm. just very fortunate. So that was definitely a highlight. And yeah, there's been a couple of other moments like with Brett, just doing some really amazing jobs with him as performers, like performing our duo Silks Act at different places. Which is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. And then as that sort of segued and we opened our uh, studio together in LA in 2014. So that was definitely a highlight kind of like creating that space and and watching how that sort of blossomed. And then I would say moving into the online space really sort of changed a lot for me and for both of us in 2016 with our online course, Master the Silk. So that was sort of like some of the highlights, both like as a performer and then transitioning more into the business side, I would say. I love your entrepreneurial spirit. That's what we love celebrating here at Circus Boss. So I wanted to ask you, what does it mean to you to be a Circus Boss? I I like this question. I would say to be, for me, in my mind, to be a circus boss, it means to be in control of my career in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I think when I first started out, I was coming from the dance world, like I felt like I was often waiting for others to like approve me, like to get this audition or to like choose me from a pack of a hundred people. And it was very much about like trying to fit into the mold of other people. Whereas I feel like as a freelance aerialist, as a entrepreneur in the, in the circus space, it's much more about creating my own work and about just working for myself rather than like trying to impress other people. So I feel like it's like a sense of empowerment that I take from that. That's so beautiful. And we love seeing how many self-made individuals there are in the circus space. You know, Mm -hmm. it's exciting. And everyone gets to create their own version. There's no one way to circus, I like to say. Yeah. But I'm really curious, since you manage a lot, what would you say is the hardest part about being your own boss? (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely the downsides, of of course. And, And that's that you tend to have to work crazy hours at different times. You have to be pretty disciplined in setting your own boundaries around that. I think that's something that I've had to learn over the years versus if you're working for someone else doing a contract or you're working for another company, they're generally going to set your hours and your times and you can just sort of play within those boundaries. But I find when I'm my own boss, I can also be my own worst enemy. So I have to really be careful Mm -hmm. of, you know, just making sure that I make time for the other areas of my life that are important. So yeah, I would say time management is definitely a struggle. That would be the main one. Well, that actually goes perfectly into our next question. This actually came from our Circus Boss Facebook community. And I just want to track a few things for our audience if you haven't noticed. So Rachel, you perform, you manage a studio, you have two online programs, and you're also a mama in addition to normal life, right? So one of the questions that came up is what is a typical week like for you regarding your own training, running a studio, performing and having time for a family? Like, do you set your schedule on a daily, weekly or monthly basis? And the second part of this is how do you not let your training be the first thing to go when things get busy? Oh, yeah, it's a great question. 
first of all, I would definitely say that I don't do anything anywhere near perfectly. Like absolutely Mm -hmm. not. I feel that pretty strongly. I don't think that's possible to do, but I do find that I do make training a, a pretty big priority. And I do this in the way that normal people might do this about just fitness in general and working out. So I, I, I try to train five days a week. So give myself like two rest days and I don't go like crazy hard in those five days. It's generally just at least, you know, maybe an hour and a half training and I make sure I do a good warm up and stretch. And it's sort of like a break in my day in the sense of like time for me and time to just like be with my body and just to feel good and check in with myself. So I sort of use it in that way, making training a priority like that. And then I would say how I manage the other things is I definitely have help and, and outsource. I'm very lucky in, to be able to outsource things. We have a manager who runs the studio. Shout out to Lena. She's amazing. Mm. She runs like the day-to-day operations at the studio. And then I also have like a virtual assistant as well as a manager for the online program Silk Stars as well. So definitely have help. And then Brett, of course, is amazing as well. So we sort of divvy up tasks in that way. So we know like who's responsible for what and kind of give ourselves our own deadlines. But we know like what our jobs are within all the different little kind of sub companies that we have under our company. And then when it comes to like time for family, yeah, that's a big one. And my daughter is two. So it's something that I've just had to learn over the last two years. The beginning especially was really hard because I found I I would just be working like during her nap time and early morning, late at night, like whenever she was asleep, basically would be my work time. Naptime warriors, I've heard it, I've heard them called. Yeah, <laughs> so that was yeah, that was sort of how I managed that at first. Until uh, more recently, we were able to get some childcare. Found a really fabulous childcare center. So she goes there like three days a week now. So that's been really amazing. A because she loves it there too, which is obviously huge. But also just having that space to be like, okay, now I have this whole chunk of time to work on this project and. Then when I am with her, with my daughter, I can really spend focus time with her. And I feel like it's made me a better mother as well, like just having that Mm. balance. And then obviously with COVID, it's been a little more challenging for a lot of things in general that haven't quite gotten to the date nights yet with the hubby, but I'm hoping to get to that, (laughs) get to that place. (laughs) A date night, yeah. Right? (laughs) What was that again? Yeah. Oh my God. And and I was using a story in a podcast episode recently where I was talking about comparing the sales process to going into a store shopping for clothes. And I was Uh like, when was the last time I actually went into a store and tried out clothes in a fitting room? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) A long time. So I really appreciate what you just said. I have two things I want to go back and and dive a little deeper. So the first is, are you planning on training your daughter in Ariel? Uh-huh. Yes, she has already started, but oh, it's just great. more of a fun kind of thing. Like she likes to be in the cocoon, you know, with the knot yeah. and spinning around. She definitely doesn't want to listen to me. I try to you know, teach her to climb. She's like, no, I don't want to do that. She just likes to spin around and have fun. So we'll see how things go as she as she gets older. My uh, husband is more concerned with her like academic side and that kind of thing. So we'll see. We'll see how she goes. Oh, that's so fun. And so then the other part I wanted to just reiterate was you mentioned how you and Brett make your own deadlines for yourself. Mm. And I've been an entrepreneur probably since the time I graduated from high school mm. and college, especially. I've been running my own businesses. And that's one of my go-tos as well is making deadlines. And it also helps get over imposter syndrome mm. and committing. The, the best thing is sharing that deadline with somebody else. Hmm. 
So whether it's setting a deadline and working backwards to be like, okay, that's the deadline. What are the things that need to happen to lead up Mm -hmm. to that? Or if you do have imposter syndrome or you feel like, oh, I don't know, can I really do this? If you have a deadline, that's how I get through mm-hmm. <laughs> any mm-hmm. doubts that I have. I'm like, well, I just have to do it. Yeah. I like to go by the the expression. Some people say done is better than perfect. Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. I say done is better than none because mm. if I wait for it to be perfect, I might not get it done at all. Mm-hmm. So I say done is better than none. Totally. Love that. However... I will say that I've learned to relax a little bit with myself. Those of you that do know me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is big. During the pandemic, I actually learned to forgive myself and give myself permission to miss deadlines Mm. and to be a little bit more flexible with things. I used to really push myself really hard. I realized during the pandemic that I did that for so many years that Mm -hmm. it's okay to give myself a little grace. So that's kind of where I'm at. I think everyone needs to look at where they're at and what their goals are in their life, but For any of you that are missing deadlines and having any guilt or shame about that, I just want to give you permission to have that grace because I've learned so many lessons during the pandemic. That was definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything that was like a big mindset shift or a change in priorities for you during the pandemic? Yeah, I like what you said too. And I think a big one for me is just really appreciating the little things. Like I feel like my life was so fast paced before the pandemic. And I feel like now when we were all sort of forced to just be at home, right? I remember like one of our kind of more serious lockdowns where we weren't, you know, you weren't supposed to leave the house unless it was really, really essential. Hmm. I would go for a walk around the block with my daughter and her little like car, I'd push her in this little car. I used to do that with her even before the pandemic, but I wouldn't really think anything of it. And I remember like doing it during that lockdown and it being like the only time we went out during the day and it became this full adventure, like just walking around the block. Like, yeah, we would look at all the flowers and smell the flowers and like find this like bunny rabbit around the corner that was like someone's pet. And like, it became this really exciting kind of little adventure in our day. And I remember just thinking like how I wanted to like hold on to that and keep that, those small things that are actually really beautiful and important and so that's something that I'm, I've definitely like carried with me and we're still kind of in this pseudo, you know, pandemic world anyway. So it's like, it's something that's still present with me. And I just think it's really important to appreciate those the small things. I love that story because I think sometimes if let's say we walk or drive or bicycle or bus the same way to work or to training every mm-hmm. single day, we tend to go on autopilot and miss all the yeah, details. Exactly. I like to offer the challenge to go a different route mm. because- Whenever I go on vacation, I notice everything. And then I'm like, how do I have this mindset when I'm like in the same place? And so sometimes I used to just like go a different route. You know, every time you just like shake it up, I feel like that helps pay attention to your surroundings. Exactly. And it it helps the brain spark in different ways. Definitely like a creativity tool for sure. Mm -hmm. So Rachel, I know this is like a big one, but I was wondering if Mm. you could turn back time and give yourself any advice way back at the start of your career. Sorry, I didn't mean to say way like <laughs> <laughs> No, it is way back. <laughs> <laughs> because we're in the, we're in that same age bracket. <laughs> but uh, what what advice would you give yourself at the start of your career? Oh my goodness. Yeah, and I think about when I first started out like I was I was 17 when I became a professional dancer and I was just so hungry to perform and and to be seen and to become a professional performer. And I really would tell myself to learn, like learn and soak up everything you can, but then just to know that my, like 
you're speaking to me, like you're, you're meant to to be a creator, like you're meant to create mm. versus to be accepted by others. Like that's something mm. that I was just so conflicted about when I was young. And um, I really like came into my own when I became an aerialist and started making my own work. And it doesn't mean that I feel like everyone should make their own work that I want to, but just to kind of take control of your career and, and your and ownership of your life. If you want someone to create for you, then you know, hire someone to create for you. Like, don't wait to be given this role or, or that role. Like, that's how I feel about myself when I was young. Like, I really was just kind of wanting this approval. And I see now that my happiness and success has really come from, like, my own creations. And whether that's in acts or businesses, like, ventures, like, it's been really, like, self-driven. So just kind of telling myself that I have what it takes inside of me to be happy and successful in this career. That's awesome. Way to celebrate being an innovator. And I agree. I went through a similar process myself. I went yeah. to school for dance where I was trained how to be an ensemble dancer. And uh-huh. the goal that we kind of taught was my school was more focused on like Ailey and Martha Graham and mm-hmm. Paul Taylor, like more of that like traditional modern dance. And, you know, mm-hmm. I actually had to take a break for a year after school mm-hmm. and just go camp in the woods <laughs> to yeah. like decompress and realize that my version of success didn't have to be the same as everyone else's. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't wrong or less than for carving my own path. Love that. Yes. So all of you innovators out there, hold strong, keep to Mm -hmm. it. You could do it. You can. Yeah. And I just want to say, Rachel, I really just have loved seeing your journey. And like I said, I'm calling it the ecosystem of everything that you've created as an innovator as an entrepreneur. One of your programs that you have that I love uh, is called the Silk Stars membership, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're opening the doors to this on Monday, right? Yeah, we are. Uh huh. So what can you tell us about that program and who's a good fit for it? And yeah, what does the program help people with? Yeah, well, basically, we created Silk Stars like during the pandemic, when a lot of aerialists were sort of not able to access aerial studios or just kind of feeling uninspired. So we wanted to create something that was accessible for intermediate and advanced level aerialists. So it basically is a a membership size $27 a month. And with that, you get new content drops every month. And the content is based around challenges. So we have like a monthly aerial silks challenge, which we choreograph. And then there's also like a mini rig version of that challenge, which is like a, like a combination. And there's also a ground workout that like corresponds to that air challenge. So uh, it'll be like a flexibility challenge or a strength challenge on the ground. So we have that that happens every month. And we also have this awesome community. So we have a forum. And then we have a like every member creates their own profile inside of the site. And then each month we encourage people to upload a video of themselves working on that challenge for the month. And then we personally go in there and we give a review to everyone on their profiles and then we award stars for their efforts of between one through five stars so you can accumulate stars and they unlock aerial prizes so different like tutorials and different things so we really wanted to create this kind of gamification aspect Mm -hmm. to training to help kind of motivate and just create this like fun environment so it's been such a cool thing to sort of be facilitating this past year and so we open up the uh, registration a couple times a year so this is our sort of last time for 2021. So we're opening up to anyone that wants to come and join us and, and join the community. And it's just a, a great way to stay inspired and, and keep working on your artistry and your technique. Well, and to feel connected with and interact with people in completely different places than where you live. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, I feel like I was an aerialist in Miami first, and then I was an aerialist in Seattle. 
And in both places, there were times that I felt very insular with like the vocabulary that I was learning and even the terminology and the way that you do things, right? And so I imagine having an international community is great for the students to learn from each other in addition to learning from you and Brett, right? Exactly. And we have inside of the forum, we have a lot of different threads for people to kind of connect in different parts of the world or different topics that they want to connect about. And definitely people have, have made a lot of connections and friendships through the community, which has been incredible. That's awesome. And is it for all different levels of aerialists or a specific level? Yeah, we encourage like intermediate to advanced. So we have quite a few people in the program that have had a break from training. So we totally welcome you as well if you've had a break or time off. But we do suggest that you have some experience with climbing and training like footlocks and hip keys, inverting, that kind of thing. But you don't have to be in the best shape that you once were or that kind of thing. So we're really there. We have a whole foundation section with about 25 to 30 foundational videos that we encourage you to start there if you've had a break and just to come back and just to go over your climbs and footlocks and kind of the more basic fundamentals before coming over to work on the challenge for the month. And we also have all of the 12 months of past challenges that are still available. So 12 months of content as well. We're keeping that for this first year, for the founding year, and then we're going to be taking some of that away in the future. But for now, it's all there to people that join for this enrollment period. Oh, that's so awesome. So we're partnering with you, right? Circus Boss is partnering with Silk Stars. So we wanted to share, we have an affiliate link for this Mm -hmm. program. If you want to sign up, it's circusboss.com slash silkstars. We'll have that in the show notes as well, but it's silks with an S and then stars. Mm -hmm. So there's two S's in the middle. I noticed that. Yes, there is. And you get a 14 day free trial of that too. So you can just come jump on and try it out. Oh, that's so great. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So is there anything else that you want to share with our audience? I think I would just like to say to those of you listening that maybe you've had like a really challenging year or just a strange year is just to like, just to keep it up, you know, keep like check in with yourself and, and keep working towards your passions and doing what you love. And I just really like to say that like, it is all possible, like whatever it is that you're dreaming about, even if it's just a secret little dream, you know, it really is possible. Like you just need to keep staying consistent and working towards it. So don't give up. Don't give up. And <laughs> we're celebrating the innovators and the entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. connect with community and get support. Yeah, And connect with old friends because I'll admit for these past 15 years, I was so busy running my previous company, Animate Objects, that I didn't have that much time to connect with communities. So that's one of the things I'm appreciating about Circus Boss is getting to reconnect. So it's been so lovely to catch up with you, Rachel. And thank you so much for your insights and tips and everything that you've shared with us. And happy birthday. Thank you, Ali. (laughs) And and thank you for what you're doing. I just think this is such a fabulous tool and resource for circus performers and circus people. I think it's so so wonderful what you're doing. So thank you. Awesome. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, um, thanks for everyone for tuning in. And we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can hit both of us up on the social media. Rachel, you're at Silk Stars. Yeah, you can get Silk Stars as the our Instagram handle or Womack and Bowman. Or my personal account is that Rachel Bowman if you want something, you know, particularly if it's about like uh, personal questions or anything, you can hit me up at that Rachel Bowman. Awesome. And you can find us at Circus Boss Official. And we also have a group on Facebook, a Circus Boss community group. So if you like were really inspired by things in this podcast and you want to keep the conversation going, you can join us there as well. So I won't take any more of your time. I hope you enjoy the rest of your birthday today, Rachel. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks.